Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. A very good morning and welcome to this installment of Beyond Governance here at 101.9 High FM. Yours truly is Nimrod Abele. As always, I'm delighted to share this space and time with you, beloved listener, of this wonderful show. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, you're most welcome to the show as we pride ourselves by raising difficult social and economic issues that solicit critical insights through the presence of our enlightened guests. If you if you miss any other show, not to worry, simply go to our website, which is www.highfm.com, download the podcast and share your views with us through our social media. I have a SMS line there is 34519. The telegram is 0618951019. And of course, my Twitter handles uh, uh, Twitter handle is at Nimrod. Before we kickstart the show as a norm, allow me to thank my technical producer, Vusi Masinga. Thank you very much, my good sir, for doing sterling work, uh, which is showing a successful navigation of the show, which ultimate purpose is to delight the ears and hopefully sharpen the minds of the listener. We are celebrating spring, which in its essence is about renewal or rebirth following harsh conditions of winter. Figuratively speaking, COVID-19 in my mind, and most of you would concur with me that COVID-19 pandemic represented the harshest winter condition we've ever seen. Literally, all businesses came to a grinding halt. And with that, we have seen massive job losses, life being dethroned, and that was completely obliterated. To illustrate this point, if you may, unemployment rate is sitting at, what, 40%? Others would argue it's even more. Economic growth is projected to grow at less than 2%, which has been the case for the past 10 years. The petrol prices are at the highest, highest and all-time high. Low shedding is also adding salt into the wounds by shaving off any profit margins. You can imagine you're running an establishment and you are on, we're on stage level four and you have to run your businesses, you know, by diesel or petrol. What happens to your profit margin? So low shade, it's not really making our life easy at all. And we also not see much movement from the, the outcome of the Zona Commission of uh, inquiry to state capture. And race relations in this country are at the lowest. So cumulatively, we are all burdened. There's no doubt about that. You know, some people, don't really see trees from the forest. They are in a dark place. And we all need some kind of spiritual, some kind of motivational engagement. Against this backdrop, I wanted to uplift your spirit. And in a quest to, um, to, you know, to ease the burden, I have a friend of Belilaba who defined himself as a neuroengineer. He's also a leader, a thought leader in leadership, or what he's a thought leader and pioneer of leadership high performance. He's also an author and successful entrepreneur. Without any waste of time, let me welcome Bailey. And hopefully by the end of the show, we'll be able to be empowered with tools of trade in terms of addressing the mental mindset or shifting our minds, navigate us away from all the negativity that I have projected earlier on. On that note, uh, Belinda, good morning and welcome to Beyond Governance. A very good morning to you, uh, Dr. Mpele, and your, you know, your listeners. Thank you so much for having me in your show. Thank you very much indeed, sir. Um, before we get to 
the gist of our conversation, which is that of upliftment by looking at the positive side of things. I just unpack this notion of neuroengineer. I'm sure it's not a very popular concept or, or construct. Uh, for papers of the listener who's hearing this notion for the first time, just unpack it for us, please. Now, thank you very much for the opportunity. So when I talk about neuroengineering, uh, this is a combination of, of two fields, mainly, it's actually three, but um, you know it comes down to about two, but it's about three. So the first one, I have a background in engineering, uh, which is mechanical engineering. And in engineering, engineering is all about the design of things. It's all about coming up with systems that work. It's all about maintenance of those systems. And it's all about innovation, which means coming up with new ideas, you know, uh, uh, with time or continuously. So engineering is something that helps us to, to, to design things and to see things as they are and just to keep on improving them. And then I combine that with neuroscience, because we can understand that when we talk about engineering, it's about looking at the innermost workings of things, like machines, like, you know, like systems, where you look at them inside to see how they work. But with that interest of mine in, in looking inside how things work, I, I got so much interested in how our brain works as human beings. So I ended up being so much involved in neuroscience and human evolution. So now when you talk about neuroscience, neuroscience is a study of looking at how the brain works. It's basically the study of nervous system. So when I talk about the nervous system, it, it, it consists of two things. A nervous system consists of the central nervous system and peripheral nervous system. But my focus is on the central nervous system and now the central nervous system consists of two things, which is the brain and the spinal cord. But my focus is on the brain. What makes us do what we do? So in the brain, how does the brain process information? How does it perceive information? How does it make, make decision? How does the brain really lead us to act the way we act? And what are the chemicals that are driving us in the brain, which is what is called neurochemicals or neurochemistry? Now, when you look at the innermost workings of the brain and you look at the innermost workings of engineering because of my background in engineering and, 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 and also how does motivation works? You know, how, how does motivation work? Because when you talk about motivation, people normally talk about someone speaking to you. We're talking about extrinsic motivation or external motivation. But I was much more interested on the internal or intrinsic motivation which is all based in the brain because it's about the chemicals shifting in the brain. But I was interested in what chemicals are those? Because, uh, you know, what I like about science and engineering is that they are based on data. They are based on evidence. Unlike psychology, where we talk about just studying behavior and stuff, but neuroscience looks deeper inside the brain and in the shifting. So when you look at my background in engineering and you look at my background in, and skills in neuroscience, when you combine them, and then they give me neuroengineering. So that's why neuro means the brain and engineering, as I've explained, it's all about the workings of things. So as a neuroengineer, I apply my engineering principles to use them in neuroscience and help people really understand themselves better, especially leaders and teams, so that they can function you know, uh, effectively. That's in essence what neuroengineering is about. Very interesting construct, Mr. Naba, really appreciate it. But essentially, you say to us, obviously looked at your background in engineering, which is all about uh, innovation and it's about design. 
and you have combined that with you know neuroscience which essentially is comprised of two elements there's the the central nervous system as well as the peripheral nervous system but for you you're only interested in the central nervous system which looks at how the brain works interesting but for now let's just perhaps we just pause there and get to, to the the gist of our conversation earlier on i painted a relatively black picture which is a reality which majority of us myself included are actually trying to navigate out I'm trying to be as positive as possible, given the plethora of this negative variables that are painted earlier on. So help me here. How do you get to a point where you are able to pull yourself out of this negativity of unemployment, negativity of load shedding, negativity of all the things that are painted? Uh, thank you very much. It's a great question that you've asked. You know, and 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 the background uh, with the background in engineering as well. Uh, I would like to say that I'm a practical person, and and that's the reason why I also also study the brain and then I help people in terms of navigating their way in, in in providing solutions in this. Because if you don't understand how the brain works, then unfortunately you'll be lost, and then you will always be hoping that things are going to happen, and unfortunately they end up not happening. Now here's the thing. We are talking about the negative situation, but we want to come up with a positive solution. Now, in the brain, the brain is not about thriving. The brain is evolutionarily wired for survival, to survive. It means to be, to be, to be safe, not just to look at things like thinking. Thinking comes second in the brain. The first thing is about survival. So when you talk about survival, it's mostly coming from a, ne- from, from a negative situation. Now, here's the thing. You cannot come up with a positive situation or a solution in a negative space. So it means for us to come up with positive I mean, solutions, we need to somehow create positive situations in the brain so that the brain will be able to think positively. Now, when you look at the brain, if I just break it down just quickly into two parts, basically the brain evolved in three different stages. There's a survival stage or survival phase, which is the survival brain, and there's an emotional brain. And then thirdly, there's a thinking brain. Now, the thinking brain is the advanced brain. It is the one that wants the future, that thinks of the positive situation, that that strategizes, that plans, you know, that comes up with with problem-solving techniques. But that brain cannot work if you are so emotionally charged. Emotionally, I mean, when you're emotionally, when the emotional brain is so triggered, it means it blocks your thinking brain. Which means that if you if if you find yourself whatever you think about, whatever you focus on the longest, it becomes your reality. If everything that you always think about and talk about is negativity, there's no way that your your positive or your 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 thinking brain will be triggered, will be switched on, because thinking, strategic thinking, and all the the motivation comes from this thinking brain. And I thought I need to explain that, especially if I focus on these two brains, the thinking brain and the emotional brain. So it means for you to think positively. The thinking brain must be switched on. Now, how do you switch it on? It means you need to be less negatively charged. It means you don't have to focus much more on negativity. And and so that you shift the chemicals of, of stress. One of the chemicals of stress is cortisol be able to trigger the positive brain so that it will, because it requires a different chemical, I mean a chemical which is called the dopamine in particular. The dopamine is that 
uh, is called the feel-good chemical. And that chemical can never be triggered if you're in a negative space, because the negative space is, it triggers, it releases cortisol in the brain. Uh, it, it releases cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So when you talk about things like load shedding, that's a reality. We talk about things like the economy that is bleak. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a negativity. If you talk about the crime rate, those things are negative. They trigger the survival instinct, which triggers this cortisol uh, uh, chemical, which helps us to, to it, it basically turbocharges us to, 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 to run or to fight, to flight or to flee. So those are the things that you need to understand from a brain perspective. We can talk about being positive, but as long as we are still trapped in negativity in terms of our thinking, in terms of the space that we're in, we need to be able to, to first of all, get rid of that those chemicals that are, 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 that are sort of like making us feel threatened all the time. So, so maybe I thought, let me just first give that background of the two brains in this brain that we have. The brain that is about emotions and the brain that is about thinking. The two of them work it, like in a seesaw, I mean, like format. It means when, the one, when you're emotional, you cannot be thinking straight at the same time. And when you are thinking straight, you cannot be highly emotional. So it's only one, one at the time, like a seesaw. When one is on, the other one is off. When the other one is off, the other one is on. So I think that should form the basis of the thinking when it comes to the brain, because whichever one that you are in, it triggers certain chemicals that influence our behavior. Thank you very much for that insight. That background is very useful. Maybe just hold on for now. Let's take a quick short break. We'll come back just in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Uh, welcome back. This is Beyond Governance. I'm having an, what I would define as a literally thought-provoking conversation with Reni Laba, who is a neuroengineer, and he's giving, giving us insights on which part of the brains needs to be activated for us to become solution-oriented. Um, solution orientation amidst the complexity of the social and economic, you know, imperative that I alluded to earlier. I've alluded to high unemployment rate. I've alluded to low shedding with severe ramification. I've alluded to economic growth, which is projected to grow at less than 2%. I've alluded to, to crime, and I've alluded to a number of issues that are deliberating in so many ways to a point where most people don't really see beyond a meter, so to speak, almost like we're in a fog. So for us to be uplifted, Vedinda is giving us some very powerful tools and techniques that will give us a way out of this quagmire we find ourselves in. Benny, before we took that short break, you're making a distinction between, between three dimensions of the brains, if you like. One is that of a survival. The second one is that which is emotional or speaks to emotional. Um, third one speaks to the thinking, which essentially all what you need. But you almost talk about these dimensions of brains as they are mutually exclusive. Is that a case and why? The reason why that is the case is because of how they evolved. You know, if you look at human evolution, you look at how the brain evolved. I mean, it's been studied, you know, for, 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 for so long. But very unfortunately that there uh, that there are very few people who really understand this and because it's still in it's trapped in academia but the, the reason why is because you know at the beginning when you look at the survival brain that's the brain that is very instinctual 
I mean, like instinctive. It's, it's the brain that doesn't really think. For it, it's just to, you know, when you see something, that's the one that controls your heartbeat, you know, like uh, for you to think fast. I mean, like your heartbeat, it sends the blood to your blood, um, to your muscles so that you can run faster. You can punch someone with a punch that you cannot ordinarily punch them because you are turbocharged. It means certain chemicals and blood has been sent there. So those are things that are not, you don't think about that. It's an automatic process. It's run by something called autonomous nervous system. I mean, like auto, uh, autonomous uh, system. So what does this mean? This means, therefore, that this mutual exclusivity somehow is there because it's based on evolution. Now, when you look at the thinking brain and the one that processes our emotions, so that one, when you are relaxed, for an example, you cannot be creative when you are panicking. You cannot be creative when you feel threatened, especially because, like I said, Brain is about survival. It operates on the basic principle that's th that says safety above all else. It says, I'd rather be safe than sorry. That's how the brain works. That's why when you are panicky, the survival instinct just kicks in and then you end up sort of like doing things that you tend to regret later on. When you are angry, when you are sad and you have to make serious decisions, you cannot do that. When you do that, you make mistakes that you tend to regret later. Now, coming back to the issue of the situation that we are faced with. Now, in terms of if you, if, you, if you are panicky, the brain gets into the survival mode, right? So when you talk about things like, you know, that are threatening, because when you talk about load shedding and economy, these things are threatening our survival. Because we start thinking about our livelihoods, we think about our families, we think about all these things that are linked to our livelihoods. And now what tends to happen, that pushes the brain, it activates the emotional processing brain, and then it gets into this brain that is about survival, the, the one that is instinct, instinctive, the one that it's about, you know, that triggers this cortisol, the, the chemical that is responsible to, I mean, like for stress and, and for us to act irrationally most of the time out of survival. And we end up not thinking straight. Now, here's the question that I like to ask. Actually, there are two of them. The first one is, we need to, 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 for us to provide, to come up with solutions in terms of what we can do better. We, we need to not ask the question of why. We need to improve our questioning technique. The first one is, if you ask the question, why are we in this situation? Obviously, we'll talk about all the things, you know, like uh, we can talk about corruption. We can talk about, you know, like um, uh, people that were hired without really qualifications you know, to, to do their jobs and whatever, and, and all these kinds of situations that we can talk about, or, you know, solutions that we can bring. But that does not so help us. We need to activate the thinking brain. But how do you activate the thinking brain? You activate the thinking brain by asking a question differently, not why are we in this situation. Now you start asking a question and say, how can we get out of this situation? How can I improve my life in such a way that I can live better. How can I improve my skill set? How can I how can I provide better for my family? Now, when you ask the question how, that question starts triggering the thinking brain because now, like what Daniel Kahneman said, Dr. Daniel Kahneman, who spoke about the fast thinking and the slow thinking, when he said the fast thinking is when you just come up with answers. When I ask you a question two plus two, you say it's a four. When I ask you five plus five, you say it's a 10. Without even thinking, because now that is automated. That is no longer thinking. It's something that is in you. So if I ask, but if I start saying 25 plus 37, now you pause. Now you engage the thinking, because now you need to calculate. You need to get into slow thinking. 
So this is how the brain now, when you start asking different questions, it slows down because it needs to come up with answers. When you slow down in your thinking, that's when you're engaging the thinking brain. So that's when solutions start coming up because to sit down and always complain about the obvious, which is happening, it does not provide solutions. You, you tend to state the obvious. But when you change the questioning now and say, how can I improve my life? How can I increase my livelihood? How can I do things differently to survive in this situation that I'm in? Now, the how question, it helps you to think differently and to, to start thinking slow, to engage your slow thinking. The slow thinking now is the thinking brain. It means you start to become creative, to say, okay, maybe I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. But you don't do that fast. You do that slow because now it requires your cognitive resources, which means that your thinking ability is challenged. That's when also you grow at the same time. This is where, this is the part of the brain that provides us with solutions. So, so we cannot be able to do that when you are always focusing on negativity. How do we do that though? And I think that's something that I'm gonna uh, maybe give you an answer. On that. But first of all, I need to get to understand if we are still together on this. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you quite, quite completely. It makes me think, and as you are talking, and I begin to say to myself, clearly you saying to us, the way out, out of any solution, it's about framing the questions in the way that those questions activate the thinking side of your brain. Absolutely. Because, you know, you cannot want to think, that's a reason why people tend to say, I want this, we never achieve our goals, because we never create the space, the mental space that is for it. Because for you to be creative, you need to feel like, you know what, I'm relaxed. That's why creative times are much more in, in, shower, in the showers or when you're walking outside. You need to be distracted from your normal thinking in order for you to be creative. It means the brain frequencies has to be to be at a lower levels. You know, that's why when you're in a shower, because why? When you have shower moments is when you are relaxed, is when you are distracted. You're not thinking about, oh, I'm, I'm scrubbing here, I'm scrubbing there. You, you are doing what you normally do. You are there physically, but mentally you're just wondering about. So that's when creativity comes, because it's a, it, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are combining two different ideas that are in different parts of the brain. It's not about being focused. It's about being out and about, so, so to speak, so that different parts of the brain will combine. So now, remember, when you are stressed about a situation, the brain releases these stress chemicals. And these stress chemicals, they turbocharge you to deal with the situation that you are faced with at the time. It means it tells your body that you are under attack. When you feel that you are feeling, you feel threatened, by this, by this negative situation or someone talks to you in a way that you feel like it challenges your, your status or it talks to you with some sort of like disrespect or in a disrespectful way, what tends to happen, it tells your brain that, hey, you are under attack, you're under attack. And once you feel like you're under attack, your, the brain automatically triggers, I mean, it releases those uh, uh, chemicals that are related to stress and anger and fear. So it means it's about fighting, or you are, it's about running away, or you just freeze. Let me just ask a question. Let me ask a follow-up question. Yes. Here, here I am. I've done everything under the sun to prepare for a business pitch. And I consulted. I've evoked my thinking brain. I've paused. I've had this aha moment in my shower. As you have correctly pointed out, most of my ideas come from the shower coincidentally. And I've done everything under the book or in the book. 
but the results of every thinking that I've done are negative, i.e. I don't get the funding that I have requested, or someone who's overseeing my submission is a, literally an armchair critic who has never managed any business, of which I don't think anyone who has never managed any business qualifies to oversee anything that has been done by someone who is an entrepreneur. And my financials are in order, the strategies in order, and I've done pretty much in terms of my market segmentation. You know, this is just more than just an MBA kind of a submission. It is embedded. It is reflective on the market that I'm trying to achieve as an example. And yet the results are opposite. How do I come back from that? Having done every single thing that you've t- spoken about, which by the which 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 evoked, if you like, the you know the, the thinking brain. And how do I come back and reinvigorate myself after that slap, if you like? Thank you very much. It's a powerful question that you've asked. You see, this is where I come back to that to say, when you understand the brain, which is where I come in and I help people understand how the brain works, and 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 the brain is all about you, what you think and what you tell it. Now, here's the situation in that one. You have tried everything, and it seems like everything is not good enough. Now, it comes back to reframing the question. So instead of asking yourself a question to say, yeah, but I've submitted all these things, and I've done everything. These people don't understand me. Now I've done everything. So it means nothing works. Now, you change that question and say, you reframe the question and say, wow, I've done all these things, and nothing seems to be working on this one. What, first of all, what have I learned from this situation? What are the positives that I can draw from this situation? Because by doing that, you are managing your brain to focus on the, on the, on, on the negative side of things. Because, yes, that's a reality. But in order for you to manage it and to say, but what can I do differently? What can I learn from this? Because now anything from any situation or in any situation, there's something that you can, there's something positive that you can learn out of that. Yes, it seems all negative, but because you don't allow your brain, you don't want to allow your brain to slide into this, you know, negative state. Because in that negative state, once it focuses on negativity, it's going to start, you know, uh, find itself saying, the situation is negative, I'm under attack, I'm under attack. And then it's going to release those hormones, the stress hormones, once again, that will be working against you because it's going to be about survival. That's the reason why you end up having people taking drugs and taking, I mean, like substances in order to to numb themselves from realities. Because why? The brain is not being understood. So how you talk to the brain in that situation, you start saying, okay, what can I do differently from this situation? Okay, this one does not work, but what can I do that can help me better the situation? You see now, there is something different, but if you're in a negative space, you cannot think about that. Because for you to think properly, you need to manage your brain so that you don't slide into this emotional, deep emotional brain. Because once you get into that brain, then you're going to be flooded with these negative chemicals. For an example, if you ask yourself positive questions, you know, questions that require you to be creative, it releases something in the brain that is called this dopamine and which is short-lived. It's got a very short life or short lifespan in the brain. Because it keeps on wanting it. That's where you end up being addicted, addicted to something. Because you, you are, you, the brain releases this, this positive chemical. But the negative chemicals, 
I mean, like especially cortisol, it's got a longer shelf life. For an example, it can stay in your system for 26 hours before it can be it can it can be sort of like be dealt with. I mean, like or replaced by positive or you know like come to an end or you know be dissolved in the system. So when you look at something like few hours to 26 hours, now that's a very uh, uh, negative contrast. So it means that you want to try to avoid or you want to try to avoid focusing on, on, on negative situations for a long time because why? Biologically, it, it, it damages you and also it kills brain cells. You end up not thinking straight most of the time. You end up feeling yourself that you are, you are very fuzzy. Why? Because you are lost in negativity. Yes, things are negative. Yes, things are, you know, things are not looking up, but let's look differently because we are all going through that. But I manage myself by asking questions, which is something that I'm going to share with you in terms of the techniques that I use in order to, you know, to, to deal with those situations. But for now, I think it suffices to say, you need to manage yourself to say, don't drown yourself in negativity. Yes, the reality is there, but try to, to, be, to be present in your thinking because your thinking dictates your emotions and your emotions will dictate your behavior and your behavior is the one that's gonna produce results. And those results are not just happening in vacuum. They are happening, they are grounded in your, th your, 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 your thinking. That's why it is always said that be careful of your thinking because your thinking triggers these negative uh, uh, chemicals in the brain that drives our behavior. Because when you think of, of a negative situation, it's almost in the brain language, it's exactly the same as when you're experiencing something negative. So your thoughts are so much powerful. Just sitting there thinking about something that is not happening, it is good as you experiencing that. Well, on that note, let's have a quick break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. Uh, this is Beyond Governance. Uh, my name is Nimrod Timbel. I'm joined by Velindaba, an entrepreneur and a neuroengineer, as he defined himself. We are, Vel is giving us insights and wisdom practical techniques on how to empower ourselves amidst all the negativity that we are seeing. Before we went to, the break, uh, to that quick break, he says to us, for us to move forward, for any individual to move forward, you need to ask yourself a question differently. Not the why part, but how am I? The why perpetuate the status quo. Why the crime rate is high? Why no shedding? Why this and that and that and that? Because those issues, um, are there, but they don't necessarily lead to a solution, as he puts it. But if you change the question, changing the question activates a different part of your brain, which is the thinking brain. By virtue of changing the question and asking yourself why, you are likely to slow down. And as you slow down, your level, the quality of your thinking is likely to be high in whatever situation that you are, that you, are, that you find yourself in. So one of the things that I'm picking up from Bailey is that master your thoughts. Your thoughts are as, uh, as powerful as reality. If you're thinking positive, the chances are you will act positive. If you act positive, the outcome of whatever business engineering that you've thought about, business product you've thought about, is likely or are likely to be manifested, uh, so to speak. Bailey, am I correct to interpret that part as we get to the next part of the organization? 
Absolutely, that's, that's, that's correct. Your thoughts are powerful, and, and that's why it's important. This is part of the piece that I call self-awareness piece. Because you normally hear people talking about self-awareness, they, they talk about all the fluffy stuff. But I'm talking about the science here, about what's happening in the brain, because the brain is our master key. It's basically our, our master system, because everything is processed there. Everything is processed in the brain. So you're not understanding how the brain works so that you can manage it well. Like in management, you say you cannot control what you cannot manage. You cannot manage what you don't know. So it means you can only control something and manage something that you understand how it works. But unfortunately, our schooling system has continued, I mean, to fail us because we are taught about all the things about money, about the locusts and the, the animals and the birds. But something that drives us, something that is called the brain, which is, which is the source of almost all our thoughts, which is the source of all our ideas. We don't know anything about it. And yet we talk about stress management, we talk about creativity, we talk about strategies, we talk about all these beautiful things. But where do they come from? They come from the brain, but which parts of the brain? And yet people talk about emotional intelligence, but they don't even understand where these emotions come from. So that's where I come in bring in the science so that we don't just talk about motivation, but I talk about the neuroscience of motivation. What chemicals are involved in that and how to trigger them, how to activate them? Because everything is about neurochemistry. It's about chemicals in the brain. Say whatever you want, but it's a combination of these chemicals. And if there's a shortage of one chemical or is low, then you're gonna tend to exhibit certain uh, symptoms. Like if you think of depression, for an example, it's because there's an imbalance in your brain chemicals, like one of the chemicals called serotonin. And, and, and those are the things that are important. So how do you deal with situation? How do you boost this chemical naturally without you being into pills and stuff like that? But okay, I'll leave it to you. Interesting observation indeed. The next set of question, as we gravitate towards the end of the show, Veggie, it is essentially about an art of gratitude, or gratitude as it were. Because for you to, at least in my mind, you almost have to be grateful for something as a way of building energies that you need to activate or to leverage your thinking brain, so to speak. Because if you are not grateful for what you have, the chances are you are blocking or not harnessing energies that ought to be used as the basis for any engagement for uh, forward. How is that? Do you, do you concur with the supposition? Is it fluffy or it is based on something? Thank you very much once again for that question. And, and I think for me, just so that I can be can support this a bit, uh, maybe I'll add uh, to say maybe rather than the art, from my perspective, maybe let me talk about the science of gratitude because the, uh, maybe I'll share about four things. Because when I talk about the science, I'm talking about something that we all can do. It's something teachable. You know, when you talk about science, it's something that we can all learn. But once you talk about art, you know, it, it looks like, you know, it's only for certain or for a chosen few. It's for certain people that have got this and that. We can all sculpt something. But once I talk about science, it means you can get into the classroom and learn about it. So when I talk about the science of gratitude, it's one of those things. So when I talk about the science of gratitude, and I'm thinking of something that I do personally as well, which is what I call the gratitude list. So every morning, I write down about between five to 10 things. If you are starting, you can start off with five things and you can increase maybe up to 10. So if you're gonna do, you can even do this twice a day. 
even thrice a day, in the morning, midday, and before you, you retire in the evening. Uh, if you wake up in the morning, like you write down about five or ten things that you are grateful for, what are you grateful for? You may think of an example for me, I'll be saying one of the, like some of the examples that I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for my, you know, for my life, that it could have been worse. You know, in spite of all the things that are happening, I'm glad that I'm alive. I'm so grateful that I'm alive. You know, thank God that I'm alive. And and, and, and I'm so grateful. And I, I don't take that for granted. And I write it down. As you are, it's a positive thought. You are being grateful. And and science has actually some 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 different studies have, have shown because they've done research and stuff. It has shown that it can give you up to 21% of being positive. It, it can increase your, 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 your motivation level by up to 21%. That's for free, eh? That's just for free. So when you write this gratitude list, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my life. Because without my family, I'll be so lonely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so happy. I'm just so grateful, you know? I'm so grateful for my eyes. Just imagine how my life would have been without us. And those are the things that we tend to take for granted while we're busy thinking about all these negative things. Remember, I said positive thinking comes from positive space. It cannot come from a negative space. It comes from a positive space. So for you to be to, to think creatively and positively, you need to create this mental positive space. So this is part of it where you start talking about this gratitude list. Because you, are, you don't focus on negative things. You want positive things. I'm grateful for my, you can say I'm grateful for my legs that I can be able to walk. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. And, and, and you write that. And you, when you write those things down, it pushes your motivation level up. So it means it, it, it gets rid of some negative, you know, like chemicals in your, in your system as well. So that is something that you can do for free. Every morning I do that. So that's number one. And then number two, to get yourself up, there's something for free. Because if you look at it also, when you look at human evolution as well, and you look at how things have, how we've evolved as a human species, this is something that is important. Exercise. You don't need to go to the gym. By exercising, it helps your brain and it helps your body. That's the reason why it's been said that your health, a healthy body makes a healthy mind. Because in that case, when you run, what happens when you're exercising and you're sweating? Even if you're not running, you do brisk walking. When you're doing brisk walking, you are just walking fast so that you sweat. You just need about 25 minutes to 30 minutes of that a day. Science has shown us that. 25 to 30 minutes of brisk walking. As you are brisk walking and you start sweating, it activates something in the brain that is called a, a, a brain-derived neurotrophic factor. It means it gives you chemical fertilizers. It means you are able to think properly, and it also it, it clears out all the negative, you know, like toxins in the brain that damages your brain and damages your, you know, your your, your neurons, which are called your 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 your, your brain cells, because those are the ones that end up leading to dementia, to things like Alzheimer's and those those kinds of things. So when you exercise, it means you are able to relieve some stress. You are able to activate some, pot, I mean, like some, some positive chemicals like dopamine. It means you are able to think straight. You forget about negative things. So when you do like these two things, for, like, like the ones that I've mentioned, you know, like the gratitude list every day, try to exercise almost daily. And then number three, you can do something for free, which is learn to do yoga. It's either yoga, you do yoga, or you can do meditation. 
I mean, not a complicated thing, you know, because meditation, it helps you ground your thinking. It means instead of your brain being scattered, being all over the place, it basically grounds you to get into one place and tends to forget about everything else. You think about just one thing. I would advise listeners to start learning about things like gratitude. I mean, like your, your things like your, 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 you know, like yoga or meditation. You know, not something so deep, but that it, 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 it eliminates stress. It minimizes stress so that you are able to think in a positive space. These things are natural. These things are there for you. They don't need money from you. you they just need your time. And when you do that, you are, you are inculcating this positive culture, this positive attitude in, in your life. And then in, in so doing, you'll be able to think straight and to think creatively. You'll be so surprised of how many positive, you know, uh, uh, solutions you're going to come out, I mean, come up with, come up with out of that situation because your mind is actually, it, 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 it's grounded, so to speak. Thank you very much, Billy. That's a very um, an interesting observation that you've made, King which are known and yet we take them for granted. Um, I do like the idea of uh, noting, you know, gratitude list, like you've said, five to 10 things that you are grateful about. It doesn't matter what it is, it's about health, it's about life, it's about your family, it's about your siblings, it's about your network of friends, it's about prospect of business opportunities, you know, those kind of stuff. If you write them down from time to time, um, are able to create a depository of good energy that can be used as a building block towards greater things. The other one that is quite um, useful and pretty much obvious, but un unless you act, act on it, um, nothing will happen. Instead of um, regular exercises, uh, you've said 20, 30 minutes. I try to do it, but I frown all the time, all the time, and I make all sorts of excuses. Winter, but now spring. We're going to go back to it, but very useful tip for me at least. The third one is that of med meditation or yoga uh, because our minds are cluttered and there's just so many variables in mind and you can hardly remember what you've done five minutes ago, let alone two minutes ago, purely because there's just so many strands of thought process that are lingering, um, which, which really messes up our brain. So when you really want to do groundbreaking stuff, you need to pause. As you pause, you are able to eliminate all the unnecessary noises in your head and use the energy in your in your thinking brain, focus on what is key, what is critical for that particular moment. Am I correct to sum up those items as you've pointed out? You have beautifully summed them, summed them up. You know, I do a lot of like, you know, I do aerobics, you know, I do squash, I do all these things of walking. So for me, you know, the reason why we tend to postpone or procrastinate on these things is because we don't understand their power. You know, this is something that is so powerful because nature has handed us down with this pharmacy. You know, I call it natural pharmacy. And actually call it, I call it uh, 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 behavioristicals because uh, there's pharmaceuticals and there's behavioristicals. I call it behavioristicals because this is the pharmacy that you get out of our behavior. We get it for free. And then when you do this, then we're able to take care of ourselves and we can think straight. And so you've beautifully summed it up. Thank you very much uh, for that, Billy. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back in a second as we gravitate towards the last uh, leg of our very interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. 
Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. It's amazing how time flies when you're really having fun. I'm having thought-provoking, uh, if not reinvigorating, uh, conversations with the one and only Belinda who is a neuroengineer, uh, a thought leader and a writer and a very successful entrepreneur. Before we took that break, Veli was giving us practical tips on how to activate central parts of your brains that discards all the negativity so that you're able to focus on what is urgent for you or what is critically important for you. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the kind of conversation. I certainly hope it will make sense and provide value to you, the beloved listener. Very, uh, the last item that I want you to reflect on, it's a quote um, that, I've, that, that I've picked up. Um, it's a quote from James Earl, and it reads as follows. I quote, to begin to think with purpose, it is to enter the ranks of those strong ones who only recognize failure as one of the pathways to attainment. Let me repeat it again. To begin to think with purpose, it is to enter the ranks of those strong ones who only recognize failure as one of the pathways to attainment. Your take on that wonderful quote. Uh, it's actually so beautifully stated. So it clearly states that, you know, for us to think with purpose, I mean, one thing that is important is not seeing failure as a failure, as the end of the road. But we must see that as, you know, a beginning of something else, because it's one of the pathways. So it, it once again comes back to that to say, I did not fail. But instead, you, you, you rephrase that and, and you're saying, I haven't made it yet. So when you say, I haven't made it yet, that yet, that's, a, that's what we call the power of yet. You know, when I do workshops and I do my talks, I talk about the power of yet. That's something that's very important. When you say I failed, and when you say, when you say I failed, is the end of it. But when you say I haven't made it yet, it means I'm still on my, you know, I'm still on my way there. I'm still moving forward. So if you see failure as one of the pathways that didn't work, it's such a powerful thing because it means that you have this undying spirit. You understand yourself. So, so, so to me, that's the kind of thinking that we have. And unfortunately, you know, with people, they are expecting just to be handed down questions. I mean, answers to the questions to say, what do we do in a situation like this? There's so much to do, but first, firstly, we need to manage our thinking. Because if we don't understand how our brains process information, the brain ends up creating some th- sort of like biases. One of them is confirmation bias. A confirmation bias is when we seek for evidence, you know, to confirm our, our, our own beliefs and our own assumptions, which mostly is, is, it tends to be wrong. That's why we tend to gravitate towards people who think like us and that don't challenge us to make us think differently because the brain always wants to be safe. So these are things that I explain in my talks and my workshops and when you talk about these things because this is quite critical to understand how the brain works because you can't just be created. We have created a binary world binary situations where we either come or where we come with either or. There's nothing like that. It's not about, and that's why people say, are leaders born or made? 
you know, they want one single answer. It's a binary question. We, we, we need to move away from these binary questions and start thinking about something and saying, how can we embrace both? Because leaders are both born and they are both made. You know, that, 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 that's a combination of them. So, so I think for me, it's something that's very important to say. When we think about these things, let's firstly take care of ourselves so that we can be able to think from a positive mental space. And that's the way we, we, we can go about doing this and, 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 start, and stop thinking of things as either or and, and embrace both and see what can we learn from both situations. Well, uh, you have given the listener uh, snippets of what you're capable of doing uh, in terms of transforming the lives of executives, managers, entrepreneurs across the board. How did they get a hold of you? Just quickly give us a, a your, your contact details or your website where they could log in, uh, find out who you are and book you perhaps maybe so that you're able to transform their lives as you transform their lives. You make a contribution towards unemployment rate. If you make a contribution towards unemployment rates, you make a contribution towards the taxes. If you make contribution to our taxes, you're making contribution towards the GDP um, and so on and so forth. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Bell. Uh, I'm available at, um, you know, if you if you just go on Google and say Velindaba, V-E-L-I-N-D-A-B-A, Velindaba, the neuroengineer, or just Velindaba, then you'll see I'll come up. And my website, uh, it's uh, www.velindaba.com. And I'm on Facebook as well. I'm on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn. And I contribute a lot of material around this in terms of, because my motto is that I help people move from a place of mental darkness to mental light, because all the problems that we can solve, mostly people operate in this mental dark place. So I help them transform by empowering them to understand how the brain works and everything else works from that. It works like a charm. Thank you very much, Vinny. It has been absolutely beautiful to have you on board once again. Um, Thank you for your time. Thank you so much and thank you to all your listeners. That was Vinny Lava, a neuroengineer a very powerful insight on how to empower ourselves to discard and navigate towards our you know, greater fulfillment. And I certainly hope you've benefited from that insight. I've certainly uh, benefited a lot. Let's do this again uh, next week. It has been absolutely a pleasure having you on board. Thank you very much. Baba, no, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Sir. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You know, I think there's never enough time. Um, but I can tell you, and, and because this is the only way that we can, this is the only way that we need to pursue in helping people, because people have got this mindset, hence I'm talking about binary thinking, because people always think about, just give me the solution. Remember, the solution is situational as well. I may give, mm-hmm. it may not work for you. What works for me does not necessarily work for you or will not necessarily yeah. work for you. So the, the thing that I, I can only do is to help you think differently to be able yeah. to tap into that level of, you know, uh, uh, that part of the brain that thinks so that you can yeah. connect with yourself and come up with a solution solution that is suitable for you. Because unlike school, that gives us the same answer for all of us, which is which is yeah. something that has been so much pro- problematic. And I'm trying to address those things, therefore, so yeah. that people can understand and be in touch with themselves.